With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, it is Super Bowl Sunday, folks. Super Bowl 55. We're going to be talking about it a lot today. Welcome in. My name's Jason Martin. This happens to be the Jason Martin Show right here on Fox Sports Radio, live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio studios. Glad to have you. When you switch to Farmers Insurance, you could save a bundle. All you have to do is call 1-888-FARMERS. Get a quote today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. So yeah, little football game going on today, and we are pretty excited about it because it's two teams that you feel like deserve to be here. And so we're going to break this down from all angles over the next three hours because it really is an awesome Super Bowl matchup. There are several different storylines that intrigue me, and I imagine intrigue a lot of you. I did want to start out with an overall feeling, though, and that is usually me and a lot of folks just like me would have been in Tampa all week long preparing for this game, interviewing legends, interviewing past players, present players, coaches, other media members, writers, all sorts of people, And none of that happened this week because there was no Radio Row. There was none of the usual pizzazz, the hype behind this game because of COVID-19, because of this reality that we currently exist within. And I think as a result, 
it doesn't really feel like Super Bowl week. It certainly doesn't feel like Super Bowl Sunday. COVID has killed the hype for this game. But this isn't going to be me playing wet blanket. Even if it doesn't feel like a Super Bowl, it will once the game is played. Because even if it's killed the hype, it's not going to kill the product on the field. These are two really good football teams that have earned the right to be here. And you've got everything that you really could want in terms of your quarterback matchup. Very few that we have seen in the last 30 years where you would really stack up and say, what an unbelievable quarterback matchup this is. There certainly have been some good ones. But you would probably have to look at something like Brady and Wilson or Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson in terms of those kind of iconic quarterback matchups even in the last decade or so. I guess you could go Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers. That's another obvious two Hall of Famers. If you're just trying to match up Hall of Fame-level quarterbacks, certainly my Denver Broncos with Elway and Favre, that could be the top of the heap. I would say probably Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson are going to be right there. Certainly Tom Brady and Russell Wilson are going to be right there. But you look at the goat against the kid, kid being a baby goat, so that's kind of why you've heard. You've heard about the greatest of all time and the greatest of right now. Even though Aaron Rodgers won the NFL MVP last night, and Derrick Henry of the Titans was named Offensive Player of the Year, I think the general consensus still is that Patrick Mahomes does this on a higher level than anybody else does when the time calls for it. That might be the difference. Later on in the show, we'll talk about which one of these two quarterbacks needs this game more. But for Patrick Mahomes, last year I sat right here behind the same microphone on Fox Sports Radio, and I said... The reason the Chiefs were going to win is because they had Patrick Mahomes playing and the other team did not. Because if Jimmy Garoppolo was asked to take it to another level, he wouldn't. And if Patrick Mahomes was, he would. He had a gear we probably hadn't even seen yet. And even if it came down to a couple of throws one way or the other, I trusted 15 playing for Kansas City. And there were two third down plays that really defined that game. One to Tyreek Hill that was completed from Mahomes and one from Jimmy Garoppolo to Emmanuel Sanders that was not complete for San Francisco. If that, if that throw was on the money, down the middle of the field, there's a really good chance that Kansas City is not playing to defend the Super Bowl today. They're playing to win their first one with Patrick Mahomes. That's how close it came. But when it came down to it, Garoppolo could not make that play, and Patrick Mahomes could. Today, if it were the same situation, does Brady make the play that Garoppolo doesn't? Even at 43 years old, does Brady make that play? I would wager the answer is yes, which makes this more appetizing, because on paper last year, the Chiefs were just a better football team. Yes, San Francisco had a great defense, That run game was solid, and you love the brain of Kyle Shanahan. But did you trust the guy driving the car? I didn't. In this game, you trust both guys, which should make for a whale of a Super Bowl. If you look at it just by the numbers, how people are discussing this game, some of the things that are out there, ESPN rates this a 98.7. 
on a scale of 1 to 100. Second highest Super Bowl matchup rating since 2009 behind Seahawks-Broncos in 2014, which got a 99.6, and that'll be the last time that game is ever spoken of again on this show. I know me and I'm pretty sure Mackenzie Rivers and Justin Cooper, the Ben Maller show, uh, we're, we're all not having that. We're not going to discuss that football game ever again. Highest rated television matchup of the 2020 season. Knocking off Chiefs Bucks. It now becomes this. Again, Chiefs Bucks was the best matchup in the regular season per ESPN's FBI at 98.1. And now you've got this. So that's just another line that where you know this is a great matchup. But has it felt like the Super Bowl to you? Has it felt like Super Bowl week to you? In some ways, it's better. I'm not a fan of Radio Row Radio. I've done it, I guess, four times. Maybe it's just three times. I've done it for Fox Sports Radio, and I've done it for the station that I work with in Nashville as well. And generally, I find it to be some of the worst radio that you're going to hear all week long. But it does get you in the mood. It does make you feel like it's the Super Bowl. I mean, I spent Saturday watching Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 with my wife as we're working her through the Marvel timeline order right now. A lot of stuff she hadn't seen and just having some fun with her. Wasn't in the Super Bowl frame of mind. Yeah, I'm certainly going to be ready for this game. But when you think about the matchup, it should be so sexy, and it kind of hasn't been. The same storyline has been talked about over and over again on every radio program, on every television program, and if you've watched TV this week, you've seen that they haven't extrapolated a ton from this, although I still think there's a lot of places where you can mine it. I mean, it's a three-point game. According to Vegas, if you listen to Straight Out of Vegas over the last hour, first off, good for you because that was a hell of a show. But second off, you can tell it's pretty razor thin. Yeah, most people believe Kansas City is going to win. But the thing that's absolutely the most fascinating about this football game to me, I've thought about it all week long, is taking away those two tackles for Kansas City against the pass rush with JPP and Shaq for Tampa Bay, is going to force Mahomes to show us just how good he can be because he's going to be called upon to do even more in even less time. They're going to come after him the same way they came after Aaron Rodgers. Those backups are solid players. They get paid too. They're veteran guys as well. But, It's not the O-line he's used to, and this is a pass rush unlike anything he's really seen very much this year. That that is the matchup. There's skill talent to burn on both sides. Everybody's going to score points, we think. If this thing turns into a defensive struggle, it's just going to be a major disappointment. This game should be played in the 30s. But for Patrick Mahomes... His escapability may be critical. His ability, and he's as good as you can be at this, but his throws on the run, escaping pressure, may be the difference between a win and a loss. And the thing about Mahomes is he's not out of bounds until they've actually blown the whistle. I don't know how many times it looks like he's out of bounds. Somebody kind of halts 
doesn't want that penalty, and then he wings one 25 yards down the field, and all of a sudden, fresh set of downs, or worse if it's Tyreek Hill because he's probably heading to the end zone. But it very, very much could come down to that KCO line against Todd Bowles' defense and how they dial up pressure. Because if you want to beat Kansas City, you need to be able to get there with three, or you definitely need to be able to get there with four. But if you're able to take away a window for Mahomes and not let him scan the field, make him make a play a little faster than he might want to, then you might have something. This is a guy, folks, you want just a preposterous stat. It's this. Patrick Mahomes, for his career, still hasn't lost double-digit games. I don't mean in a season. I mean his entire career as a starting quarterback, he only has nine losses. Total. Folks, there's people that, in many years in this league, lose seven games and make the playoffs. He's only lost nine since he became the starting quarterback for Kansas City. Think about that for a second. Think about how much credit Andy Reid should get, how much credit Enemy should get, how much credit Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey and everybody that has helped make that offensive machine, that O-line certainly, should get. That's nuts. MVPs of the league lose four or five games in a season. This dude's lost nine since he became the starting quarterback for Kansas City. This would put him into double digits if he lost to the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest winner of all time, and one of the two greatest team sports athletes probably in American history alongside Michael Jordan today as Tampa's going to play in their home stadium, which is fascinating as well. There's just there's a lot of richness here. There's a 43-year-old quarterback against a guy going for a second ring, and many have said whoever wins this game will ultimately go down as the greatest of all time. If Mahomes wins today, he's on his way to six. If not, he's still chilling at one while Tom Brady goes to seven. And the percentage chance, I heard this earlier this week on R.J. Bell's show, the percentage chance that Mahomes then catches Tom Brady in terms of Super Bowl wins drops precipitously from, I think, like low 20s, like 22%, down to 2%. Because it's a two-game swing. So there's a lot There's a lot riding on this game, which is why we're going to lead off the third hour saying who is it more important for? Who needs this game more between the two? I don't think anybody believes Pat Mahomes is not going to get back. Patrick, I should say. I don't need the wrath of Mama Mahomes. But you can never tell, can you? You know what you think. But nobody thought that that Magic team wasn't going to get back to the finals with Shaq and Penny, and they never did. They thought we were seeing the beginning of a dynasty, and it never happened. The Chiefs look like they're set to go to the Super Bowl seven times out of the next ten years. But we don't know what life has in store for that team, for the members of that team. We don't know what else is coming down the pike. You just don't know. So you've got to maximize your ability. When you get this far, it is really hard to get to a Super Bowl. It is very hard to win a Super Bowl. I do a show five days a week in Nashville with a guy who played in the NFL for 11 years who made it to a Super Bowl relatively early in his career, lost to Aaron Rodgers. 
and not one of his teammates believed they weren't getting back the next year. He was sure. He was like, oh, well, I'm going to be here a lot. He never got back. He tells me about it all the time because it still bothers him. They were certain they were getting back. That team was loaded. Remember the Steelers team? Never happened again. We're still waiting to see that team get back, and now he's retired and sitting next to me dealing with my nonsense for four hours every morning. So it's you can say it's preordained, but it, it's hard to get back, and everybody is going to be gunning for you. So there's a lot riding on this game for both of these two teams. Make no mistake about that. Again, COVID may have killed the hype for this game, but it's not going to kill the product on the field. This should be a whale of a football game, and I'm super excited about it. When we come back, Travis Kelsey or Rob Gronkowski, you can get one in their prime. Which one would you take? That's just one of the thought experiments that we're going to do as we roll along. It is the Jason Martin Show right here on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Little red-eyed chili peppers on this Super Bowl Sunday. It'll be red hot at Raymond James tonight. Chiefs, Bucks, Jason Martin Show, right here on Fox Sports Radio. We're in the Farmers Insurance FSR studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch. 
you can save a bundle on your auto insurance. So of all the crazy things that I learned this week, one of them was definitely that uh, the toaster, the toast, the numbers on the toaster actually correspond to the number of minutes that the bread has been in. It's not the level of toastiness. I had no idea. Found that out two days ago. But the other thing is more relevant, and that is that Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski are actually the same age. I That still just baffles me because it feels like Gronk's been in the league forever, even though he retired and came back, but he's been doing it forever, and Travis Kelsey is still kind of a newer name. Now, Gronk started in 2010 at age 21. Kelsey started in 2013 at age 24. Coming out of Kansas, it wasn't as fast for him. I mean, he didn't start a game in his first year. He didn't really start doing much of anything until 2014. His second year, when he was 25 years old, he started 11 games that year, had 862 yards and five touchdowns in that season. And then we know what he's done since that point. But if you could only have one, which one would you want for their career? They're both Hall of Famers. I think if both of them hung it up today, regardless of which team wins, they're both Hall of Fame players. They might be the two best to ever play the position. Now, George Kittle's got a great career ahead of him, I think. And there's going to be some other guys. But we're getting to the point where it's one of these two dudes is going to go down as the greatest ever. With all due respect to the Antonio Gateses and the Shannon Sharps, etc., etc., Kellen Winslow Sr., there have been a lot of great ones. I think these two are the top guys. For his career, Rob Gronkowski, 566 catches, 8,484 yards, 86 touchdowns. For his career, Travis Kelsey, 612 catches, so he's actually had more catches, 7,881 yards, so he's only about 600 yards behind Gronk for his career. Only 48 touchdowns, so there's been a difference there. First three seasons in the league, Rob Gronkowski had 10, 17, and 11 touchdowns. 38. And if you think about five of his first six years, he had at least 10. 61, I think, is the actual number. He had 61 in five of his first six years, only four in 2013. That was the year where he only played six games and was hurt a lot. But which one would you want now? Gronk, a little bit better blocker, at least when he could do it. Both of them extremely versatile. Both of them not just great tight ends, but great receivers. Both of them almost uncoverable. You would take whichever one I didn't. I think it's kind of a hard thing to do, and it's potentially going to become even harder today because Kelsey most likely is going to have a very good day. And Gronk is lumbering around. Everything looks uncomfortable. It looks painful for him. He's come back out of retirement, and he's banged up, and that's why he left the first time. But it shouldn't scar you as to how great he was. Because there was a time when he was the mutant of the league. He's the one that just made no sense. There are 
there are things that break other things, right, in sports. There are guys that break the game. That's where you get the cheat code analogy from. Things that break it and take you to secret worlds like Minus One in Super Mario Brothers. Little did you know when you get to Minus One, you actually can't get out of it. You just swim until you don't want to play underwater anymore and then you move on. Steph Curry broke basketball because he pulled the three line back about five feet past where it was. Had another crazy game last night with the Warriors against the Mavericks. But there are just dudes that break the game. Patrick Mahomes breaks the game. He does things that don't make sense. That's why I often compare him to Harry Potter on my Twitter feed at Jmart Radio. I call what he does sorcery more than I do quarterbacking. There are dudes that just break other stuff. There are people that break the mold and do things that you don't expect. That break rules in many respects. And a lot of those people end up being wildly successful as a result. But Gronkowski, mutant is the best way I can do He was like an X-Man out there. He was a tight end, had the body of a tight end, but was just unbelievably consistent at 6'6", 268 pounds. And Kelsey is now very similar at 6'5", 260 pounds. who played at Cincinnati as opposed to Arizona. I don't know the answer to the question that I'm asking you. I'm trying to make the case for Gronk in my head. If Kelsey goes and wins another Super Bowl, and he's playing really high-level football until he's 35, he hasn't been hurt nearly the way that Gronk has at times. He's not quite as floaty as Gronkowski has been at times. This is a guy in Kelsey that has played since 2015. 16, 15, 15, 16, 16, 15. Those are his number of starts. With Gronk, you had two. You had one that was seven. You had one that was eight. He played all the games this year. Only 623 yards compared to 1,416 for Kelsey. It's more of a passing league now than it was when Gronk got into the league. And you've got the ultimate cheat code at quarterback for Kansas City. Kelsey will certainly go down with the most receiving yards we've ever seen from a tight end before he's all said and done because he looks like he's nowhere close. I mean, he was a top five performer at wide receiver. Not at tight end, at wide receiver. Best wide receivers in the NFL this year, in some order, probably what? Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs. You could throw a couple of other guys. Nuke Hopkins, when he was really on fire. That kind of trailed off. It wasn't really his fault. And then there are some other culprits that are certainly out there. Tyree Kill's right there, too. But Kelsey's in that list. He had 1,416 receiving yards and 11 touchdowns this year. Whether or not it's the greatest quarterback matchup we've ever seen, and maybe we won't know that until we find out just how great Patrick Mahomes is going to be when we've watched him play for another half decade or so, We feel like we know what we've got there. But this is assuredly the greatest tight end matchup we've ever seen. They won't be matched up against one another, but but starting on both sides of the ball are guaranteed first ballot, Hall of Fame, game-breaking, cheat code tight ends, hybrids. It was Gronkowski, I think, that changed what the position could be. He came up with a completely new prototype for what the tight end position could evolve into. You always thought it was more of a safety blanket position. 
It was a guy that could move the chains. If you had an athlete, he could do other things, but usually he was the guy that would get past the sticks, make himself available to the quarterback, make a tough contested catch, take a big shot because he had the body to do it, get a little bit of yak, and that'd be about it. These dudes are completely different. But it was Gronkowski, and if you want to invoke his teammate, Hernandez, it was those two guys and what they started doing at the tight end position within the New England offense that unlocked the potential of what the tight end could do in the National Football League. And as the passing league continued to evolve, as it continued to grow, as the rules continued to favor the offenses and the quarterbacks and later the receivers with P.I. and D.P.I., we started to see an emergence of something completely different from the tight end position. And it's why you're seeing guys getting paid right now. It's why you saw Kittle and Kelsey get paid in the offseason the way that they got paid. It's why Austin Hooper was a hot commodity for Cleveland. It's why Browns fans are excited about what Njoku could be. It's honestly why Bills fans kind of want to see a little bit more from either Dawson Knox or someone new at that spot. It's, I mean, the guy that always gets lost in the shuffle here is Darren Waller. He was the most consistent contributor for the Las Vegas Raiders. At the tight end spot, he's not maybe quite as much of a breaker as Kelsey and Kittle have been so far, but he's pretty doggone close, and he's got a lot of time. And he's certainly an athlete in his own right, too. But it's become a position that is almost a necessity at this point to be there. Now, Gronkowski at 31, his best football is long pass. Cameron Brait is the better tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kelsey will have a hard time ever winning a whole lot of accolades in terms of overall offense or game MVPs because the guy throwing him the ball is usually going to get most of the accolade. I mean, you look at who won NFL MVP, it was Aaron Rodgers. I'm right here in Nashville, and I know there are a lot of people listening right now who happen to be up still and who were all over social media and who have been all over my phone lines for weeks telling me that Derrick Henry is the MVP of the league. And I just fight back and say, no, he's fourth at best. And they say, well, it's a quarterback's award, and that's not fair. Well, it's a quarterback's award because it's a quarterback's league. You don't get anywhere if you don't have a quarterback. The Eagles could potentially make an argument against that. And we thought the year that Jared Goff got there that maybe he was actually pretty doggone good. And he regressed a bit after that point. And I think that loss to the Patriots kind of broke the Rams for a little while, but at least for a year. Got into Sean McVay's head, certainly got into Jared Goff's head because they felt like their offense could steamroll the Patriots and they ran in and Flores and Belichick were like, yeah, we got something for you to the tune of not one touchdown in this game. But it is a quarterback's league. So sometimes we overlook the greatness. I don't know that we ever overlook Gronkowski. I'm still interested to know just how many people realize how special Travis Kelsey actually is. How much better he makes Patrick Mahomes than Mahomes would be otherwise. How, how smart he makes Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy both look by how consistently dominant he is at that spot. Not quite as good a blocker as Gronkowski used to be. Both guys play their guts out. 
Both of them are absolute nightmare covers. Who would you rather deal with as a defender? Kelsey or Tyreek Hill? You might say Tyreek, but the thing about it is, dealing with Tyreek, if you're not fast enough to stay with Tyreek, you're probably not playing that position anyway. And even then, he may get behind you and then it's going to be a wrap. The thing that is maddening about Kelsey is how open he can be, but even if the window doesn't appear to be there and you feel like you've got him covered, he's still going to make the play 85% of the time. Gronkowski is the same way. Brady could just put it exactly where it needed to be with Gronkowski on a full run. Gronk could just turn around in midair, make a play a man of his size shouldn't be able to make, spin it, and take it upfield. Kelsey does the exact same thing. I want you to watch these two tight ends today. Maybe I don't think you can answer the question as to which one you would want in their prime based on what you see today. But you're going to be watching one tight end in his prime in Travis Kelsey and another that made Travis Kelsey possible by what he did at the tight end position. He was sort of the pioneer of this new brand of tight end that honestly has made professional football really, really exciting And you've gotten to see so many more nuances and so many more wrinkles from these great coordinators as a result of what those those guys can do. So it's going to be good to watch kind of the goat against the kid. And then maybe you're watching the goat against the kid again at the tight end spot. I don't know if you thought about it that way. Let's bring in Brian Finley. Not a kid. I don't know if he's the goat either. We'll find out. <laughs> Finley, what's going on? I actually have a pet goat. That's as close as I'll ever I'm get sure. to anything. I thought goat. you had corgis. Well, I do. And I might actually just not be a kid because I just, my voice just changed like last week. So just getting over being a kid. But mm. yeah. How about well, I'm that? still trying to get over you picking the Jets several times <laughs> last year during our picks. So Hey, I got I got it correct once, at least. I should have been twice, but I got it correct once. And, and nope. missed it three times. And missed it three times. So, you know, 25% field goal percentage, I guess, yeah, it's probably not nope, the best. Not, <laughs> the Lakers, <laughs> Jason, wafer out a win over the Pistons, 135-129 to 129 in double overtime. Detroit, by the way, free-falling to 5-18 and 18 on the season. The Mavericks overturned the Warriors 134 to 132. Luka Doncic 42 points, nailed seven three-pointers and after the game he was asked about how this was one of those contests where he was able to get out of his recent scoring struggles and he said, "Quote, I've got to have more fun playing the game to be who I was before. I've got to just get back to enjoying the game." Close quote. Stephen Curry, by the way, a mere footnote. 57 points, the man drilled 11 threes. Then there was what Zion Williamson did to the Grizzlies on Saturday night. Ingram drives in, missed it. Hook. Oh, Adams ripped the rebound away. Now Bledsoe drives back into the lane. Elliot Zion! Oh my heavens! Oh my heavens! As the shot clock was literally about to expire, you get a flush! What a call. Pelicans Radio Network, 29 points for Williamson as the Pels get by the Grizz 118 to 109. How about the Bucks winning a fourth in a, in a row as they disfigure the Cavs 124-99. Giannis Antetokounmpo had 24 points and 11 rebounds. The 76ers fluster the Nets 124-108. Joel Embiid 33 points. As for the NFL, yeah, we've got the Super Bowl later on today, but on Saturday the league 
gift wrapping its awards to its select players like Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers winning the season's MVP award. The Offensive Player of the Year goes to Jason Martin's Tennessee Titan running back Derrick Henry. The Best Defensive Player goes to Rams D-tackle Aaron Donald. Kevin Stefanski, a head coach for the Cleveland Browns, wins Coach of the Year. And then finally, Jason, 2020 NFL Hall of Fame classes out. Eight guys were named, including household names like Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Calvin Johnson, John Lynch, even Alan Fanica headlining that eight-man field. So lots to talk about. And yeah, I like how you brought up An- or Antonio Gates. He-, he might not be on that level, but he's certainly right a tier below. Back to you. Well, I mean, he was a fantasy stud forever. And, I mean, he was a little bit different in the way he played the position. But Gates was – was who would you take between Gronk and Kelsey? You know, right now, are you speaking – I would no, go – No, no, no. You can take one of them in their prime. Not to, I mean, today it's Kelsey and it's not close. Yeah. I would say if I'm looking for a sure-handed catch in the clutch when everything is on the line in a big-time game, I'm going with Gronk. Absolutely I mean, I'll take the guy you don't take, and I'll feel pretty good about it. But I, I can definitely respect that answer. Welcome back. Farmers Insurance, Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS, and you could save a whole lot of something on auto insurance. Let's, let's, let's bring in Bursch and uh, Chris Perfett as well. Chris, which one would you take between the two tight ends today? Well, not today, but mm-hmm. in, yeah, their in their prime. Yeah, I... I have to go. I have to agree with Fenley, which is once again, it's a sign of an apocalypse wow. when it happens around here. Mm. I've got to take Gronk. Uh, slightly different reason is as much as he is sure-handed and will bully you to get that catch. A tight end has to be so many things on the football field, and Gronk was like, I, I, I can't speak to his blocking numbers, but he was a specimen. Like you were going up against a guy who was just a bruising monster, and you were going to get bullied either when he was blocking or going out there to get a catch in the red zone. I, I feel like Kelsey, he's got some of that, but I just I just see him more of a, a as a catch-first tight end. I, I don't know if that's fair, but Gronk just, I man, just watching him He was a mutant, play, man. He was a like, mutant. I've never seen anyone that big do the things he did. And it used to be like, you know, if you were a tight end, you were either a blocking tight end or you're receiving tight ends. He he was both, and he did everything. Burch, how about you? So I I agree with all of the above for the same reasons. I I choose Gronk because of the fact that he's he's an absolute freak of nature. Interestingly enough, a couple days ago, the Fox Sports Radio Twitter account actually uh, put this out as a poll question: Which tight end would you rather have, Travis Kelsey or Prime Rob Gronkowski? And the final results were Travis Kelsey. 50.2% to 49.8. Wow. Gronk. Yeah. See, I mean that's the thing. I mean, I it's if I don't want to slight either guy because they're that good. Uh I Man, see it's so hard because you're watching Gronk now and it's so easy to forget how frightening he was if you weren't a Patriots fan just dealing with him. I think I'm probably with all of you guys as well, and the fact that Finley is part of that chorus makes me really sad <laughs> that I can't go the other way. I, I do think that by the end of their career, it's going to be really tough not to make Kelsey the guy because the numbers he's going to have put up if he plays another four or five years. One thing I will say, he's been more durable than Gronk. He hasn't dealt with the same kind of injuries or he's played through a lot more of them than Gronkowski did, but... If I describe somebody as a mutant, 
That guy's probably going to get my vote, so I'll give it to Gronk, but man, it is awfully close. There you want to talk about a hell of a matchup today. That's one. Yeah, well, I, I'm surpri- I'm shocked that we're talking about tight end matchups. Again, roll back the clock 20 years and you'll blow For real brains out with that. But uh, one more factor in, in Gronk's favor, though, is, I mean, Travis Kelsey is great as he is. He's never gotten up there during WrestleMania in a tag team match. That's true, and he also has not been a 24-7 champion, which honestly, yeah. <laughs> that get, that makes me want to lean back towards Travis Kelsey. When we come back, what's the most irritating thing going to be today? I'll tell you. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast. And this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Welcome back. Farmers Insurance, Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call Farmers today for a quote. So let me tell you what the most irritating thing is going to be during the Super Bowl. No, it won't be whoever you're around trying to sanitize what the weekend is about if kids are in the room. Although, I was joking yesterday with somebody. There's a reason why they, they're not going to put uh, the Super Bowl on Nickelodeon, right? Like, weekend can't be on Nickelodeon because it's real tough to say, well, he calls himself the weekend, kids, because he's not going to go to school. No. Like, you can't do it, and you certainly can't explain, can't feel my face, and things of that nature as well. Nor do I need to hear Jim Nance attempt to try to describe that. No, the most irritating thing today 
is going to be the plethora of Super Bowl ads that use, boy, 2020 sucked as the main talking point, the main angle for whatever bad comedy they're going to try to pull off. I'm not saying this because I'm predicting it to happen. I'm saying it because I've read that a lot of these ads are all built around 2020 being awful. So yeah, there's going to be the heartfelt stuff, the charity stuff, all of that kind of thing. But there's also going to be a whole lot of really bad comedy about how crappy last year was. And we've come to a place in society and in culture in particular where we don't really like the ads anyway because we're not used to having to watch them anymore because very few of us are watching network television on a regular basis. Now, the older crowd still is. Most of you, if you watch NCIS, you're probably not watching it live. You're either watching it on DVR where you can fast forward or you have some kind of a streaming service where it's ad-free. I'm mentioning a show that tilts very old in particular here. But we're used to the Netflixes, we're used to the Disney Pluses, we're used to Hulu, we're used to Peacock, we're used to HBO Max, all of that stuff. So ads in general feel like a nuisance. Through the years, a lot of these ads have gotten worse. The last few years have been really bad, and the comedy is hideous and over the top. So you take that, you take the same people responsible for some of those eye rolls, and you throw in the trope of how bad 2020 is. And you tell me how irritating, frustrating, obnoxious the commercial breaks are going to be during the Super Bowl. They're expecting the ratings numbers to be down fairly substantially. I don't really understand that just because I feel like less people are going to be gathered together watching it. So there might actually be more individual television sets tuned into the Super Bowl than we've seen in a while because a lot of people are going to be afraid to do the party thing or whatever it might be. So a group of 10, there might actually be five or six TVs as opposed to one with all those people together in, in many years. But it goes back again to this Super Bowl just not having, a, not having a whole lot of hype behind it because all the usual hoopla during the week isn't there. I mean, Kansas City didn't arrive until yesterday. They didn't get there. There was a delayed flight. They didn't even get there till Saturday. It was like a regular season game. And, of course, Tampa's already there. None of the media or 75% of the media that would have been down there during the week, not there. So the hype's not there. We let off the show by saying, don't worry about the hype not being there. The quality of the game should be there. You hope it's not going to be a blowout kind of Super Bowl. You expect it probably won't be a blowout kind of Super Bowl. But I can promise you, those ads are going to have you seeing red by the time you get to work on Monday. And not just because the games kept you up longer and you're sitting there exhausted at the water cooler. No, you're just going to be annoyed. That will be the topic of discussion outside of whatever happens with the quarterbacks, whatever craziness might actually happen within the game. Somebody in that office is going to bring up Super Bowl ads. Somebody in that warehouse is going to bring up Super Bowl ads. Somebody in that studio is going to bring up the Super Bowl ads. Somebody in the restaurant, wherever it is that you might work, that's going to be a topic of conversation. And your response is just going to immediate. The first response of everybody in that conversation is likely to be some version of this. <sighs> Mark my words. 
these 2020 ads are going to be incessant and they're going to be incessantly infuriating. Not because they're reminding you of last year, but because everybody's going to try to do everybody else. They're going to try to outdo everybody else with bad comedy. Welcome back. Second hour of the Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch. You could save an average of $470 on auto insurance. $470, man, that's a lot of money for a quick phone call. Average nationwide annual savings survey data July to December 2020. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Aaron Rodgers, now a three-time NFL MVP. Remember the joke after... Jordan Love was drafted that Aaron Rodgers would go out and win the MVP out of spite. Well, I don't think he did it out of spite. He did it because he was wildly talented and he's got a head coach he likes. They didn't make it to the Super Bowl. And you remember in the last hour, hopefully you were with us for the first hour of the program, but just in case, a little refresher, talking about how difficult it is to make it to Super Bowls, how difficult it is to get back. Who would have thought Aaron Rodgers would have gotten there once, cashed it in, and never gone back? Who would have thought that this was the first year, the first season for Aaron Rodgers where he he actually hosted an NFL an NFL an NFC championship game? One and four now. In those games, this was the first one played at Lambeau. But who would have thought he not only would he not win another Super Bowl, he wouldn't make it back to one. And this felt like maybe the greatest shot he was going to have. That team was in prime spot, ready to go. He was playing MVP-level football. Now we know it officially. And they didn't get there. It's not always as easy as it looks. Like Mahomes should be there many times for the end of his career. But you never know. The fact that Tom Brady's made it to more Super Bowls than he has missed in his career is still something that boggles the mind of virtually anyone who ever played in the NFL. Everybody that I've talked to over the last few weeks where we've discussed Tom Brady, that's been what's come up almost immediately, is how ridiculous that stat actually is. So Aaron Rodgers, a three-time NFL MVP, And you constantly get the refrain, it's a quarterback's award. Why don't you just call it the best quarterback? That's who you're going to give it to. I mean, I don't know what else you want. At this point in time, I'm not sure what you want. You actually got a Heisman Trophy winner this year that wasn't a quarterback. And it made sense. But it's not just a quarterback's league. It's a quarterback's sport. The way my MVP ballot would have gone would have been Rodgers, Mahomes, probably Josh Allen, and then maybe Derrick Henry. I don't like I, I don't really see that there is a qualm there. And maybe I mean Deshaun Watson been right there, but he didn't win enough games. But it's gonna continue to be a quarterback's award. I mean, you saw Charles Woodson as part of the Hall of Fame class. And He's one of those guys that kind of broke that mold. And it used to not always go to a quarterback. But at this point, it almost seems ridiculous to think that it wouldn't go to a quarterback. 
the entire league is built around quarterback celebrity. Now, those quarterbacks can be made to look a lot better when the right weapons are around or the right coordinators. When you look at Josh Allen, well, number one coordinator this year, number one assistant, was Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator for the Bills. Top head coach was Kevin Stefanski. Why? Well, largely because he made Baker Mayfield look pretty good, whether Odell Beckham Jr. was in the game or not. If you didn't go with Dable, who were you going to go with? Maybe Biennemi. But because they've done what they've done now for a couple of years, might have gone to Arthur Smith, the former Titans offensive coordinator, who's now the head coach in Atlanta. That was the award he got was a head coaching job. And he made Ryan Tannehill look borderline top tier. We are living in an era, and I, I find this really interesting. Matthew Stafford making the move that he made to the Rams. Philip Rivers retiring. The numbers that those guys have right now in their holster with Stafford over 45,000 yards, and we know Rivers was over 60. And we know where Breeze is, and he's now you know taking less salary, which is kind of the first step before you officially retire from the league. I guess until he's retired, he could still make a decision to come back, but nobody expects that. Roethlisberger's going to cut salary, but he wants to come back for a year. I have no idea why other than just pride that's going to get the better of him. But that sort of, it sort of just kind of becomes that way. When you look at those stat numbers of all these guys, how many of these records are going to be shattered in the coming years? How many yards is it going to take to really be regarded elite if you're just looking at pure numbers? Is yards going to become a devalued stat? Watching Rodgers his entire career, the eye test tells you just how wonderfully talented 12 has been for his whole career. Watching Patrick Mahomes with the eye test tells you the exact same thing. Watching 12 for New England and now in Tampa Bay tells you the exact same thing. But if you've got a top-flight quarterback, that guy's going to win the MVP every year. I'm not somebody that says every starting quarterback should be above everybody else in a ranking of the top 100 players. I think that's nuts. Like Anybody that doesn't have Aaron Donald in their top 10 is just wrong. If you want to know, by the way, why Aaron Donald won the Defensive Player of the Year over T.J. Watt, the answer is actually pretty simple. It's that once Bud Dupree got hurt in Pittsburgh, T.J. Watt didn't quite do the same stuff he was doing before. And it's not because he was a worse player. It's because those two guys fed off each other so beautifully that each one of them looked monstrous because of the other one. When Dupree went down, Watt didn't have nearly as easy a time. And when Aaron Donald went down, the Rams were beaten and their season was over. You want to talk about mutants. We were talking about Gronkowski in the first hour of the show. Aaron Donald's a mutant. Not because of his big-time size, but because of everything else. Undersized, and it doesn't matter. But for Aaron Rodgers to do what he did this year and not make it to the Super Bowl is another prime example of why we need to appreciate everybody that gets there and never just assume that they're going to get back. 
Mahomes, what's the over-under right now? I have no idea. I haven't looked at it. But what's the over-under, do you think, on how many Super Bowls he will make it to? He's got to make it to 10 to get into Brady territory. 10. With what, with what's happening today, this being his 10th. And then he's got to cash in an awful lot to be there in Brady territory as well. The question is, if he doesn't make it to Brady's number of Super Bowls, can he be regarded as the greatest of all time when he does hang him up, however long that is from right now? We hope we're about to watch 10 or 15 years in Mahomes. I mean, even as a Broncos fan, which means we're going to have to deal with him twice a year forever, I still want to see that guy play for a long time because I enjoy watching greatness. But quarterback wins and Super Bowl wins... How do you factor those in? There was the argument until Peyton Manning won that second Super Bowl that Eli would go down as a better player just because Eli had another Super Bowl. There were some people that were going to regard him higher, and I thought that was that was the height of stupidity. That's when I thought Super Bowl victories actually were overrated. Because nobody in their right mind is going to take Eli over Peyton. I know I just sounded like I disrespected Eli Manning. I guess I'll caveat that with no disrespect. I know Eli was great. But Peyton Manning was, he's going to be the headliner in that Hall of Fame class. And it was a loaded Hall of Fame class. And we knew he was going to be, no no doubt, first ballot. But Peyton Manning, arguably, with his two Super Bowls, and the second one, which really, I mean, he was he was a part of the years prior, but that year, I mean, Osweiler played some games for them, and that was a defensive-led team, to say the least. Peyton Manning winning his second Super Bowl, there are a lot of people that have Peyton Manning as 1B behind Tom Brady all-time in their quarterback rankings. They've knocked Montana down. They've knocked Elway down. Everybody else is beneath those two guys. Peyton seemed to be the one, and I guess you could put Dan Marino in that list too, where the fact that they didn't win Super Bowls to the degree that other guys had, like a Terry Bradshaw, for example, hasn't hurt them too much in their overall ranking. People still talk about Marino as top five. Despite the fact that the story I always heard about Dan Marino has always kind of harmed my opinion of Dan Marino. And that was, and I've heard this from multiple people who played in the league, that Marino didn't ever want a running back there. You always tell me he never had a running back. He wanted all the glory, so they never got a running back. He wanted to be responsible for everything they did, so he was responsible for everything they did as well as the thing that they never did. Aaron Rodgers has asked for receivers and skill talent guys, and as soon as they got him an Aaron Jones and a coach that knew what to do with an Aaron Jones and a Williams and those guys, what happens? Well, back-to-back 13-win regular seasons happens. An NFL MVP, third in Aaron Rodgers' career happens. And Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP at the same time that Patrick Mahomes is playing football at the level Mahomes is playing, the year that Deshaun Watson had, the year that Josh Allen had, pretty daggone impressive. And I've got no problem with it at all, even though I still believe Patrick Mahomes is the guy. But I think we did this topic a couple of weeks ago on the show when all four teams still existed. You could have one of those starting quarterbacks to win one game. Who would you want? I tried to talk myself into Brady. 
obviously I wasn't going to talk myself into Allen. Mahomes, I think, is the most talented, and I think I still went with Aaron Rodgers. But we are at a spot where it is highly possible that Aaron Rodgers is going to finish a three-time MVP career with one Super Bowl appearance. Now, he's not done, but how much longer is he going to play? And how much easier is the road going to get? Every year, the league seems to grow in terms of the level of play from the quarterback position. The young guys, the young guns, you continue to be impressed. And not just them, but the guys coaching them. The coordinators and the head coaches and the way in which they take the seven or eight different ways that you can take, the seven or eight different basic plays you can run, add whatever wrinkles to them to make them special. That's what you've got. You're about to get Trevor Lawrence. You think you know what he's going to be. You're also getting Zach Wilson and Justin Fields and Mac Jones and a bunch of guys like that. Maybe one of them strikes. But you've got Deshaun Watson, who's, who may leave Houston for the biggest haul we've ever seen from a draft pick. You've got Kyler Murray early in his career. You've got Lamar still very early in his career. The list goes on and on. And I'm mainly just talking about AFC guys. Certainly Josh Allen in the AFC as well. But Tom is still playing. And how much does it stick in Aaron Rodgers' crawl? that 43-year-old Brady was able to to beat his Packers. I'm not going to say beat him because Aaron Rodgers played pretty well under a lot of pressure in that game. He had the most pressure of any quarterback playing in the game, and then he faced the most pressure of anybody playing that day in terms of the defense from Tampa Bay. But I do think as he won that MVP, which I thought was well-deserved, and anybody that argues that it should go to anybody other than a quarterback year after year, I just generally think is wrong because of what's expected and how much is on the shoulders of a quarterback in the National Football League in 2021. But stop and think that he's won three MVPs and he's made one Super Bowl appearance. And then think about how much football you think he's got left and how interested he is in playing to the same way that you know Russell Wilson's claimed he, he might play for a while. Brady's saying he might play past 45. We'll see. But how much football does he have left? And think about it. That career could end with just one Super Bowl appearance. Where does he rank? And how frustrating is it for him to potentially end that kind of career with the way people have talked about Aaron Rodgers and still only be one of the one Super Bowl guys? He's in the the class with Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer instead of the class with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. But guess what? Drew Brees just finished a Hall of Fame career with the exact same numbers. At least Aaron Rodgers still has a little bit of football left in him, whether it's two, three years, or maybe even longer. We don't know. But those are two guys who you really think very highly of, and then that should tell you right there, ladies and gentlemen. Don't get too excited and too sure of what the Chiefs are going to do over the next 10 years because we don't know a whole lot of things that might happen around them in their own franchise and in all these other organizations across the league. It is damn hard to get to a Super Bowl and even harder to win one. Keep that in mind as you watch the young kid Mahomes and the 43-year-old 
who the statistics surrounding his appearances and success in the biggest game that is played in American sports year after year are preposterous. We'll be right back. Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Little STP, Super Bowl 55 is later on today. Welcome back, Jason Martin Show, Fox Sports Radio. We're in the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS. You could save a bundle on your auto insurance. So I haven't seen much on this Andrew Luck thing in the last few days, but I know that was sort of a thing there for a little while. I know Darius Leonard. I saw this on TMZ. Darius Leonard was just like, yeah, I'm done here. Can we stop with this? Can we move on? Big Lead's got five potential destinations for Andrew Luck. Could he come back? Sure. Did Ursay say something? Yeah, but Ursay said a lot of stuff. Was there, were there text messages? Maybe. I don't know. I've never really put much stock behind this. Now, the Colts are ready-made in terms of a team that looks like they're a quarterback away from potentially you know, challenging a Kansas City. And, I mean, Rivers got them pretty close. But they've got a great O-line. They've got a solid defense led by a young stud. 
They've got one of, if not the best general managers in the game. They've got young running backs that you really like. Improving skill talent with receivers as well. And a good head coach that you like. My prediction is the Andrew Luck thing is not going to happen, but I can understand why it would, just because he wasn't that old when he retired. We've now seen Gronk come back. Maybe Luck goes home, and he's feeling good finally. His body's come back, and now he thinks he can come back and play football. I have no idea, but I'm betting on no. The secondary story behind this is what are the Colts going to do? If you're going to if you're going to compete with Kansas City, you have to be able to score a lot of points. That becomes kind of the new rule. It's the same thing with the Warriors. You had to get somebody that could also shoot a ton of shots, make a lot of threes, make a lot of jumpers. And then the thing that happened with the Warriors is they got some guys that played some tough defense. They all improved on that side of the ball to some extent, committed to it a little bit. And then it became even more difficult to beat them. That's going to be the problem for the Brooklyn Nets is as great as that offense is, they're actually playing worse defense as a team. And that's why I predict they're not going to win the championship because they're going to run into a team that is going to play defense enough to slow them down enough. It may not come until the finals, but I I haven't liked that from the start and I still don't like it. But the bigger question for the Colts is, again, what are they going to do at quarterback? I don't think it's Andrew Luck. The other story that you're seeing right now is in the few days following the Super Bowl, the next quarterback domino to fall might be Carson Wentz. Looks like he's going to be out of Philadelphia. He wants out, the Doug Peterson thing, Howie Roseman tied to him. The contract is just outrageous. This was a two-year-ago arrangement, four-year, 128 mil, 107 guaranteed. There are certainly some suitors out there for Carson Wentz. But now that you've had Stafford out there, Watson is still out there. There are other quarterback dominoes that are going to fall, maybe not until this one falls, but there are other guys out there that could potentially be Moved as well. A lot of guys, remember Schefter's report from three weeks ago was there was a possibility of 18 quarterbacks being in different locations by the start of next season, meaning starting guys. But there's really one destination that makes sense for Wentz, and it is Indianapolis. Yeah, sure, he could go to Chicago, or he could go to Denver, or he could go to Houston if they're going to move Deshaun Watson to a team that's not going to then give him a quarterback in return, unless they're going to move Deshaun Watson to Philadelphia. And he would agree to that. But Wentz to Indianapolis makes sense. If only because Wentz and Frank Wright got along so well. When they hired Sirianni out of Indianapolis to become the next Eagles head coach, the first thought that I had, maybe it's cynical, was we're going to try to get as close to Frank Reich as we possibly can because we kind of might have let the wrong coach go a few years ago. Frank Reich and Carson Wentz got along so well, have a ton of respect for each other, going through not just football but life and faith. and There's a lot of things they have in common. And Doug Peterson had a lot in common with them as well. But if Indianapolis needs a quarterback, and if Carson Wentz isn't just done, 
And if his attitude can be salvaged, Indianapolis is the one place where you feel like it's the best shot of that happening. And maybe you don't have to give up a King's ransom to get him. I don't know how deep the market is for Carson Wentz. But with what we saw Stafford get, you don't think Wentz is probably going to get that as much. The problem is, though, for whoever it is that's going to take on Carson Wentz, not only do they have to give up whatever assets the Eagles are asking for, they've also got to take on this money. So they've got to give up stuff and they've got to take on a contract that's just not very friendly at all. The Eagles are not in spot to get a giant haul out of this thing because the contract just doesn't favor them because that's going to knock some suitors out of there. But the chances Carson Wentz is playing in Philadelphia this fall might be worse than the chances Deshaun Watson's going to play in Houston. The question, again, on the Watson front is just, is he willing to sit out to prove his point? Or are the Texans actually just going to make this move? We saw the report. Two ones, two twos, and two defensive players was the minimum that was being discussed internally to move Watson. And that would need to get done before the draft because one of those ones needs to be this year. And then you start to look at, well, where is the number one? And for Deshaun Watson, it comes down to how do you feel about Tua Tagovailoa? because if you like Tua, then you can make that deal with, with Miami and take Tua back. If you don't like Tua, then maybe you go to the Jets. And then, of course, Denver got put in the mix, and I got giddy over that to the extent that, look, I'm going to have my first child. My wife's going to... We're, we're expecting the first week of May. And I said if Deshaun Watson became a Denver Bronco at age 25, I would name my child Deshaun because I'd be that happy about it. it might be the happiest moment in my sports-watching life, certainly outside of the Broncos winning a couple of Super Bowls and Francisco Cabrera sending the Braves to the World Series. Chris, what you got for me? I'm just wondering, because we're talking about the price for Carson Wentz, because I've seen some ridiculous price on him for some of these rumors, especially to Chicago. How much of this do you think it's Stafford? To the, Ra- the Rams kind of set this market already. It's like, all right, we're saying the guy like Stafford is worth two, two ones. And Wentz is certainly not Stafford, but I'm seeing similar prices for Wentz out there. So I can't even imagine. I think I wrote back when Stafford got traded, I was worried that the, the market had got set so high that Watson might not be movable. There might, unless teams are ready to give up just an obscene amount of picks, I don't know if anyone's going to bite for the price that they want because everyone's going to see what, what the Lions got for Stafford and think, all right, well, we want as much or we want better depending on whether you're in the shoes of the Eagles or the Texans. Yeah, and I'm not giving that up for Carson Wentz. No. Not no, right now. I mean, we're, we're talking about this, man. There are some teams who are so damn desperate and jobs are on the line. And if you're like, if you're in the front office for Indianapolis, what what's the future matter to you if it means you've got to save your job right now? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly true. And again, Indianapolis, assuming that they can make it work financially, is the place where it makes the most sense right. just because Reich, if anybody's going to be able to get through to Wentz and bring him back, it's going to be Frank Reich, I would think. Or at least that's the bet you would make. And, I think, and maybe it just got toxic for Wentz. Maybe yeah. maybe he can come out of this and he just needs a change of scenery. But right now, his value seems awfully low. For me, watching this just as a fan, 
I, if if that was like I'm I'm not interested in my Broncos giving up the farm for Carson Wentz. Let's just say that. Yeah, but I think for a guy like Ryan Pace in Chicago, your seat is already insane. Fair point. Hot. So for I mean, I, I how many times have we seen this in either the NBA or somewhere else where it's like a guy knows he's under the gun. So what does the future matter to him? This is basically his long shot. So I could see Ryan Pace paying. I don't know about two ones, but it it could be close if the Bears want this. And uh, Trubisky is just, I know some people want to hold out hope for Trubisky. For me, watching Trubisky all these years, I just don't see it. And I think the Bears know they got the bad rap. They moved up and grabbed a guy and missed both Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. And they're just, they're desperate to keep this together because that offense right now is crumbling. That offense is is. And I've seen that they're trying to package, you know, one of the rumors is they're trying to package Tariq Cohen to move him out of town too, but that, that Bears window is closing fast and they're going to waste a lot of that, that stellar defense if they don't have someone there that isn't Mitch Trubisky. No, that's absolutely right. And to your point, I've read multiple things in the last couple of days saying that Philadelphia wants, quote, a Matthew Stafford package. Yeah, he said Unquote. Man, that is a tough market to set. Like, we've seen that happen before. But you think about it, I felt like that trade made sense. The move made sense on both sides. I don't know what the what else the Lions were going to get, and it made sense for the Rams to go try to take this swing right now. Going for Carson Wentz, boy, that one year, I thought he was elite level, like top five cusp quarterback. But then since that point, it hasn't worked out, and you just have to wonder. like Unlike Stafford, who's been putting up a lot of numbers and still trying to help the Lions come back, Wentz has been maybe the source, at least in terms of the media, he's been the source of the fall there. It was Foles that won the Super Bowl. Somebody asked me a question yesterday, Chris. They were just like, hey, you know, if, if, if Wentz played in that Super Bowl, do they still win? And I said, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't think they do. The other thing for Wentz, and I know I'm doing the rumor mongering here, but I'm going to tie it back to Stafford here. We, we've seen for years now these mixed reports out of Philadelphia where all of a sudden an anonymous player will say, yeah, Wentz is kind of a jerk in the locker room. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's acting like he's the boss and trying to order guys around. And then immediately afterwards, there'll be some players who will put their name to it and say, no, you know, Wentz is our guy. He's our leader. But I, I've never seen, but to compare that again to Stafford, I've never seen that with Stafford. And even now, Stafford moved out of town. A guy in Detroit put out an, uh, you know, an op-ed column today talking about, you know, he, he disagreed with this idea that Stafford was tough and you would see so many former Lions, former Lions who have no skin in the game to defend Stafford anymore, like Quandre Diggs and Dan Orlovsky all coming in. Dan Orlovsky came in with a haymaker and said something like, you know, I've never seen you put out the kind of, you know, Stafford, the broken back, you know, memorizing a playbook at five in the morning as he's like getting his therapy and you were sleeping. Mm. Like guys who are coming in off the top rope to defend Stafford who have, again, no skin in the game. They don't need to defend him anymore. Uh, again, versus a guy like Wentz who, if you're paying for him, like I, I'd be really careful. On, I, I'd want to do my due diligence as far as what kind of a guy is he in the locker room? And as you say, maybe that change of scenery helps Wentz, but, I mean, man, there's some warning signs there. Yeah, if you look at like Greg Bedard, Albert Breer, 
Albert Breer said the Eagles' initial asking price for Carson Wentz was equivalent of the return that the Lions got for Stafford. Initial asking price. Greg Bedard said Eagles are asking for two number one picks for Carson Wentz, which has led to some dial tones, including from one team previously perceived to be a favored landing spot. So it shows that the Colts were in it. There was also that the Colts were certainly interested in it. And Connor Rogers said he believes that the team that hung up on them when they asked for two ones was Indianapolis, that they have backed off, that they're, I guess the Eagles were asking for two number ones and a third round pick, like Jay Cutler type deal. That could track because I know Indianapolis thought they were very competitive uh, pursuing Stafford and apparently they balked uh, at anything close to the price the Rams eventually gave to Detroit. So they might they might not have the the stomach to give away multiple number ones for any of this stuff. It's kind of it's just my question funny. is what are you going to do if you're the Colts then? Because yeah. you have to have somebody playing quarterback, and if this becomes the market, then the only problem at this point, unless you're going to go get Deshaun Watson, who I don't think they're going to move him in the division, is you're going to get a worse quarterback. Like they're going to they're not getting better. The other guys that are going to be on the market. Maybe you can get cheaper, but they're not going to win you a Super Bowl at this point. If you're Indianapolis, you're trying to make a move for the future. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Wentz is the answer, but with Reich, that might be a bet that I would take. Unless Reich has told Ballard or told people within the Colts, "Don't pay too much." I still don't know whether or not this guy's who we need. I, I don't know the answer to that question at all. Finley, would you pay two number one picks for? Carson Wentz right now if that was the market if you had to do a Matthew Stafford deal to get Carson Wentz would you do that if you felt like you were a quarterback away absolutely not I think you'd have to be hammered to think that that would actually be a fine assessment of a trade any team that thinks that they need to give that much for Wentz or that Philly thinks that they deserve that much is just asinine or as a 10 or as a 11 or as a 12 <laughs> yes yeah Yes. So speaking of that, uh, let's get into what took place on Saturday in the NBA. The Lakers slugging past the Pistons 135 to 129 in double overtime. Detroit playing minus Blake Griffin, who was resting. And Chris P's Pistons 5 and 18 on this young season as the, yes, as the Lakers <laughs> improved to 18 and 6. And it was a double overtime finish. LeBron James, 33 points, 11 assists, and 7 turnovers. Nearly had the unconventional triple double there. Uh, the Mavericks, by the way, debunk the Warriors 134-132 as the teams both hit really well from a three-point range, combining for 41 made threes. Luka Doncic matching a career high with 42 points. Stephen Curry, 57 points. He hit 11 threes and was making some of them from near 40 feet. Also, the Bucks carve up the Cavs 124-99 as Giannis Dentacumpo had a double-double, 24 points and 11 rebounds. The 76ers have little issues with the Nets 124-108. James Harden had 26 points, 10 assists, and 8 rebounds in the loss. 
but the other two members of the big three in Brooklyn did not play. Kyrie Irving dealing with an issue with a finger, and Kevin Durant is going to be out for about a week or so following the NBA's health and safety protocols. In college basketball, Chris Pease, USC Trojans, took down a shorthanded number 21 UCLA, 66-48. to Oklahoma State wins over sixth-ranked Texas, 75-67 to in double overtime. Highly recruited and acclaimed recruit in Cowboys, Cade Cunningham had 19 points. 11th-ranked Tennessee wipes out Kentucky 82-71 as the Vols used a 12-0 second-half run to put away a 10-point deficit. In the NFL, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers winning MVP of this season. The Offensive Player of the Year goes to Titans running back Derrick Henry, the best defensive player. Rams defensive tackle in Aaron Donald. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert. And Defensive Rookie of the Year goes to Washington defensive end Chase Young. And Cleveland Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski winning Coach of the Year. And then finally, guys, 2021 NFL Hall of Fame class fielding out its list of guys who have made it. Eight to be specific. Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Calvin Johnson, Alan Chris Calvin Johnson. Chris Pease, Calvin Johnson. There you go. Who has the best nickname in all of the NFL as Megatron. Alan Fanica, John One Lynch. lion every century can yeah. get into the NFL Hall of Fame. That's the rule. Yeah, exactly. And even with all the personal accolades that Calvin Johnson was able to accrue, sure, Chris, man, did he bring a lot of wins for that team. My goodness. They won oh, won a lot of playoff games Lord. with him, didn't they? <laughs> gonna I'm not going to lie. That was a, that was a low do, blow. We're, we're already <laughs> yeah. doing. We're already having arguments about quarterback wins. Are we going to do wide receiver wins now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Back to you guys. Hashtag Petty from Brian Finley. Welcome back to the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS. You could save a whole lot of something on auto insurance. More on Carson Wentz and the Bears from an article that I've been reading uh, over the last few commercial breaks. Seems like Chicago could be the landing spot, but when you read, the more you read about Carson Wentz, if I'm a Bears fan, I'm just like, really, we're going to do this? I'll explain when we come back. It's the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. 
I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Finishing up second hour of three, jump back into the big game specifically in the next hour. We're still looking around the NFL at teams that would like to be Kansas City and Tampa Bay today and you're trying to make it happen. And we talked a little bit about Carson Wentz because most expect that's going to be the next quarterback domino to fall. Chicago appears to be in the lead. There was a report today that included Tariq Cohen. There was there was an interview done on Friday where what we had heard was originally the Bears had put a second round pick, a couple of other picks attached to it, and then the Colts came over the top per BleedingGreenNation.com. The Colts came over the top, offered more. The assumption was the Colts offered two number twos. And so the Bears then, the belief is, have offered number 20 in this year's draft, a first-rounder. Future picks, probably a third-rounder in 2022. And maybe like a fifth or sixth-round pick, plus Nick Foles. So they're trying to do this, and part of this is, and this is amazing, this reporter writes this, from what I understand is the Bears are trying to get Foles out of Chicago with this deal, and that probably has to do more with Wentz and basically how he's a diva than it has to do with the cap. With the perception I have heard from Wentz, there's no way Foles being on the team could possibly happen. And then they go back to... Wentz in the locker room, which is something we were talking about in the last segment. I remember reading that piece in the Philadelphia, I think it was Philadelphia Inquirer, a few years ago about him in the locker room. And this reporter who's on the recipient side of this interview says, so what I found out recently is that apparently not everyone is aware of how Carson Wentz is acting. Many still think he's this guy from North Dakota that's even keeled in all this, but actually he's the exact opposite. He's a complete diva in the locker room who's completely uncoachable under that staff, meaning Doug Peterson's staff, wants nothing to do in the organization post-Peterson. And then they go a little bit further from that. Then they talk about his play on the field, didn't really back it up. But the Bears, they still believe, quote, he's a generational talent. And they've got a quarterback coach who worked with him, had a good relationship with him, and they feel like it's part of his attitude problem is where he is, not just him in general. So, boy, there is a whole lot of wish casting here, and there's a whole lot of, well, we hope that what's true now isn't going to be true for us if we bring him here. How long has it been since the Bears have had a real quarterback you can trust? I mean, it's been a long time. 
they know that they have a defense that can compete. Maybe they're going to pay Allen Robinson, or maybe he's going to be elsewhere. Maybe he'll be in Baltimore. Maybe he'll be in Miami. I think those two teams are definitely going to be on the lookout for a player like him. Maybe even the Rams will try to snag him. I'm not sure. But they've got a lot of things that you like. And there was a belief that Matt Nagy was a very offensively prolific and creative mind coming off that Andy Reid tree. And they don't want to squander that, not having a guy that can do it. And Foles wasn't going to be the guy. And if they're trying to do this to get Wentz there, then you would think they already know Trubisky's not going to be the guy, which we all kind of know Trubisky's not going to be the guy. There are times when he can fool you into it, but that's what it is. He's fooling you into it. But Carson Wentz, anything but a sure thing. But quarterbacks are going for a king's ransom right now. This is a guy who hadn't won a playoff game, to my knowledge. And last year was absolutely dreadful to the point where midseason, everybody was begging just to take him off the field for his own sake. It had gotten that toxic. This is a team that won the Super Bowl not that long ago. Head coach is gone. The starting quarterback who didn't play in that game, who was injured, is gone. The team's a shell of itself. It's probably, what, third in the division now at best, maybe fourth in the division now at best. We don't know what this new coaching hire is going to do. You want to talk about a team that's falling on hard times real quick. It's Philadelphia. But, I mean, what's the other domino if it's not Wentz? I mean, are the Colts then going to pay even more, maybe, to get Matt Ryan out of Atlanta if they want to make a move? That becomes the problem, or the Bears, I guess. But if the Bears are going to offer Foles, Cohen, the 20th pick in the draft, and maybe a third rounder, if I'm the Eagles, I'm I'm wondering if anybody's really going to try to go over the top of that or if Carson Wentz is going to be a Chicago Bear by the end of this week. I have a feeling that the Carson Wentz deal, whatever it is going to be, it's going to happen this week. Because we're coming to that day where they owe him $10 million if he's still on their roster. Ain't no way that they're going to allow that to happen. When we come back, which quarterback needs the Super Bowl win more? Third hour of the program, Jason Martin Show. Here on a Sunday, a special Sunday. You know why. Super Bowl Sunday. I'm on Twitter at JMart Radio. We're live in the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS-TO-SWITCH. You can say big on your auto insurance. Really, the best thing you could do with your phone in a few minutes is call 1-888-FARMERS and start saving today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Mahomes versus Brady. I mean, that's been the storyline, right? Yeah, we talked about the tight ends in the first hour because I find that fascinating. And we can, ter- we can certainly talk about some other matchups, but really it comes down to the quarterbacks. And the question that I wanted to address here is who needs this one more? Who does it mean more to? And I think there are different ways that you can come at this question. Statistically, during the regular season, pretty doggone close. Mahomes, 4,740 yards. Brady, 4,633. Mahomes, 66.3% completions. Tom Brady, 65.7. 38 touchdowns, 6 picks. Mahomes, 40 touchdowns, 12 picks. Brady. Mahomes averaged 316. Brady averaged 290 a game. Mahomes averaged 8.1 yards a throw. Tom Brady, 7.6. 
They were number two and three in yards. They were near the top in touchdowns. Completion percentage was very good. Every, I mean, you know they're bona fides. So who does it mean more to? Who was it more important to? Well, we talked earlier in the program about how if you're Patrick Mahomes, you have to take advantage every time you make it to this game because now, just like we started looking at Tiger Woods in terms of how close he was getting to Jack Nicklaus, not just how many majors he was winning, but could he supplant the Golden Bear? If you're Mahomes and you win this thing again, that becomes the new metric, right? Because everybody is going to be shooting for six. And if you're Mahomes and you lose this game, you stay at one while Tom goes to seven out of ten. And if you remember, one of the more impressive stats, if not the most impressive stat for Jack Nicholas, wasn't how many majors he won, but how many times past that he came in second place. The fact that Tom Brady made it to 10 Super Bowls as he plays today is absurd with the quality of play that he has faced and the one-and-done situation that exists in the playoffs. It's not a best-of-seven where generally the best team is going to win most series. Yeah, somebody can get hot and you can deal with an injury and maybe the Raptors beat the Warriors as a result. But generally speaking, the best team's going to win in a seven-game series because you can, any given team, you know, any given Sunday, but if you had to beat Patrick Mahomes four out of seven times, you're going to do that? Probably not, right? But you could get him once, maybe, although he's only lost nine games in his entire career as a starter. But if you're Mahomes and you look at Aaron Rodgers and you look at Drew Brees and you look at Rivers, who've never made it, you look at Roethlisberger, who hasn't made it in a decade, You just have to think, man, those were really great quarterbacks. I'm talking first ballot Hall of Fame dudes. They didn't go very much. Peyton went, what, four times? Lost twice? Once with Denver? Once with Indianapolis? Two Drew Brees? As good as those guys were, there's a whole lot that has to factor in to getting you to a Super Bowl. So it means a lot for Mahomes just to get two. Think about this. If D. Ford doesn't go off sides and get called on that penalty, maybe the Chiefs are actually looking for a three-peat this year instead of just their second. But instead, this is Mahomes going for number two. I mean, look at Golden State. I feel like their window may have closed. Maybe not, but that that team to me doesn't, doesn't look like a championship team in the next couple of years. Curry's playing outrageous basketball. But did that dynasty do as much as you thought they were going to do before it finally broke up? And it broke up pretty quick in terms of Durant not being there as long, being injured as well in the finals so they don't end up finishing. It's just it's not just because the best team exists that they're always going to win. In the NBA, it happens a lot more often. In the NFL, it doesn't tend to unless your name is Tom Brady. So it means a lot for Patrick Mahomes because He's going to be compared to Brady pretty much from this point forward. This meeting, especially if he gets the better of him, gets number two, is one of those guys that knocks off Brady towards the tail end of his career. Then maybe he's on that rocket ship. I mean, little things or one matchup can change a career. 
Mahomes is already well established. But I have long thought if the tuck rule did not go in the favor of the Patriots, how many Super Bowls has New England won by this point? Is Tom Brady the same player? How much changed because of that one moment? And if you're Tom Brady, here's why it's really important for you. This game's really important for Tom Brady because this is the first post-Bill Belichick experience. There's ego and there's pride all throughout sports. By the way, all throughout media too. Everybody's ego gets hurt. Everybody wants to be better than the next guy. What is envy, folks? What's the root of it? What is the definition of envy? Envy is, I'm not happy having my job. I'm happy that I've got a better job than you. It's not being happy with what you have. It's just being happy when you have more than someone else does. And it's just a major human emotion that we all face to some degree, especially when you're in a performance art or something in front of the public where everyone sees it. So Tom Brady's entire career has been tied to Bill Belichick. What has the argument been for years and years, the debate? Is it more Brady or is it more Belichick? Well, I wonder how much Hagen does Bill Belichick is going to ingest today watching Tom Brady in a Super Bowl while he's not there. And maybe... He's starting to wonder if he's going to get back because they have a lot of work to do in New England to get there. That report that Matthew Stafford didn't want to go there. They have no skill talent at all. It's a complete rebuild. We don't know who their quarterback's going to be. The Cam thing didn't work out, but they didn't have anybody for him there anyway. There's a report that Edelman might go to Tampa Bay for a year on like a million and a half contract. I saw Bill Barnwell write that, and I don't think it was in jest. It might have been. But for Brady, this is bragging rights because this is, I bettered Bill Belichick. Tom Brady made a calculated decision based on a couple of different factors. I think respect was one of them. But another one was he knew what New England didn't have, and he looked at a situation in Tampa where, I mean, you take them from 40 interceptions to 40 touchdowns. You put them in the Super Bowl. I mean, they hadn't made the playoffs in over a decade. And you've got him in the Super Bowl your first year. Belichick's nowhere to be found. You're going to get the headlines. If you go there and lose, what does that mean for your legacy? Not as much, but what does it mean for the Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady discussion? I don't know the answer to that. But as... Many have discussed Brady versus Belichick this week, and I promise if Brady wins, that will be the talk on Monday. It's almost, is it unfair to, to go there with Belichick considering that team this year? I'm stunned they won as many games as they did. Or is a lot of that on Belichick because he helped build that team? He's responsible for a lot of guys that are there and a lot of guys that are not there. So who, which quarterback does it mean more for? The guy who is trying to chase six and keep that number from growing to seven 
which then means he has to go win six more to tie. Or the guy that wants to prove he was the most important factor in the six championships that were won in New England during that last dynasty, that last era. I don't know that the answer is cut and dry. I think I think you can make both arguments very well. I think I would go with Mahomes because we're watching his career in terms of him chasing history year after year. This is what it feels. It feels like to me we're watching some amalgam, some version of Tiger Woods. I've compared the Chiefs to the Warriors. I've even compared them a little bit to the Bulls teams as well, the 90s Bulls teams. But Mahomes, I think, is closer to a Steph Curry because of what he does that just seems so different. But if you could compare a team to Tiger Woods early in his career when you saw, oh my gosh, this is special, who is going to be able to stop this? I think the Chiefs and Tiger Woods is the real analogy here because you have something to chase. Yeah, the Warriors were chasing the Bulls, but in this era with the way guys move around, them getting that kind of a run was mildly unlikely, right? But Tiger chasing Jack and Patrick Mahomes chasing Tom Brady in Super Bowl wins. Fair or unfair that that's how you measure a career? But that's how he's going to be measured. As good as he is, as great as he is, we all agree on that. So what are we going to find that's going to make this compelling? It's not going to be yardage totals. It's not going to be number of touchdowns. It's going to be Super Bowls. And so this means more for Mahomes, even though he's likely to, again, he's likely to get back there, but he's or he's more likely than anybody else is to get back there. But it's still really hard to get there. So I'm going to vote Mahomes. But I could easily see making either argument. What argument would you make? You can tweet me at Radio and let me know. When we come back, we'll talk about this with the crew. I want to get their thoughts. I want to find out who they think it means a little bit more for as we continue to break down the real game. Plus, I do want to discuss Danny Amendola going on FS1 going on first things first and making the comment about the Patriot way being defined by Brady and not the coaches in New England. I find that utterly fascinating as well. But we'll start with which quarterback it means more from. I want to hear from the crew. We'll do that next here on the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts. Of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Welcome back. Jason Martin Show right here on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're all geeked up and ready. It hasn't felt like Super Bowl week, but it is Super Bowl Sunday, and it's a heck of a matchup. Let's be real. Even if you haven't been able to get all hyped all week long with mediocre eight-minute interviews where former NFL players are trying to hawk pork rinds and jock it spray, CBD you're probably oil. doing all right. Yeah, CBD oil. That's, That's going to be one. the big one, man. Indeed. I think you're going to enjoy the football game. So the question that we've been addressing here in this hour is which quarterback needs this one more? Which one is it more important to in their own mind? I know both, and I made the argument for both. Brady trying to do it without Belichick. Seven's an unbelievable number. Six is also an unbelievable number, and he's already at that. But doing one without, without Bill Belichick is huge. And then Mahomes... My new comparison, and this literally just came to me during that segment. I had not thought about it, and then all of a sudden, when I started thinking about him chasing Brady, it just hit me. Oh, wait, it's Tiger and Jack. That might be the actual comparison here, especially considering Brady making it to 10, winning six, the number of second-place finishes Jack had in his unreal career, and, of course, Tiger trying to chase him with majors. So you can make either argument. We'll start off with you, Chris. Which way would you go in terms of which quarterback you think wants, needs this one more, it's more important for? I know he's got his whole career in front of him, but what we've been saying this entire night, where you don't know when the dynasty is over, you don't know when you're going to be back here again, I think it's Patrick Mahomes. I At this point, where he is in Tampa Bay, like he's got six rings already for Tom Brady. Like there's no catching him. There there's no catching Tom Brady right now. If he gets seven, there's absolutely no catching him. I've seen these last two years. He's already proven if you want to say this is a Brady versus Belichick thing, he's already proven that. He's gotten to the Super Bowl. 
congratulations. And he's got two years in this contract. He'll have another go at it here if he really wants it. I think if you're Patrick Mahomes, A, uh, just you, you don't want you, – you want this right now because, A, it'll send, cement you for a long time. You also don't want to end up like an Aaron Rodgers who – Aaron Rodgers, for as great as we've been talking about him, his Super Bowl came on pretty early and he yep. just hasn't had one since. And I think that does knock Aaron Rodgers as much as I don't like doing the rings argument, as much as I like don't like doing the – playoff wins argument, but I think Patrick Mahomes probably needs it more. Burts, where are you on this? I I agree with Chris on that, and I'll I'll, I'll come at it from a, a different direction. I think Brady has the least to lose and the most to gain because uh, simply he's he, now sitting at, at six wins is ridiculous as it is. Uh, he's already surpassed anything that Joe Montana could do. When Montana went to the Chiefs, they they got to the AFC Championship game. Brady's already gone a step further there, so he's already doing things that that uh, his predecessors weren't able to do. If he gets himself a seventh one, it, it's a bonus, and it's 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 seemingly unattainable for anybody to ever be able to top that. For me, I've always thought that that Brady solidified himself as the goat uh, after the 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 win over the Falcons. Uh, once uh, at the end of that game, I was like, yeah, you know what? That's it. Like, like nothing, anything he does the rest of his career is a bonus now because this solidified his legacy for me. So if Brady wins this, it, it's really a bonus. It's a cherry on top of, of his insane career. So I think I, to echo what Chris was saying, yeah, I think there is more pressure on Mahomes because you simply don't know if you're going to be able to get back there because uh, the, the competitive, uh, the the competition around the league continues to get better. Somebody in the AFC is going to supplant them in the next year or two. So uh, Mahomes has to take advantage when he has the chance. Finley, are you near a microphone or are you yeah, doing something yeah. untoward? Okay, what's going on? So I'm with you guys, and here's why. It's more important for Patrick Mahomes to win this one because we measure greatness not just by the number of rings, but I, I think – by who you played in the Super Bowl, I think that makes a big difference. And so even if Patrick Mahomes was one day able to surpass Tom Brady for the number of rings, I, I still think that if Mahomes does not win this one, everybody's going to say, you did all that, but you didn't win against Tom Brady. It's sort of like, guys, let's go back to 90s NBA basketball. When you think of the championships, you think of the six titles from Michael Jordan. You don't think of what the Houston Rockets did in the mid-90s winning those two titles. Those seem to yeah, be fraudulent key, yeah. because Michael Jordan wasn't playing. It's true. It, there's a difference between winning a Super Bowl against a Tom Brady and winning a Super Bowl against a Trent Dilfer. I mean, let's be honest. And so that's why, guys, I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. That's interesting. I always hate the quarterback versus quarterback argument, if only because they're not playing directly against one another. Mahomes could go out there and throw for 500 yards and still somehow lose because the Chiefs defense just lays a complete egg in the red zone where they have been historically bad this year. They've been awful in the red zone in terms of stopping teams from scoring. Now, they've been opportunistic turning the football over, and when they needed a pass rush against Buffalo, they were able to deliver one, and Matthew is certainly very opportunistic in that secondary, but... It would be tough for me, like if Mahomes goes out there and throws for 100 yards and looks brutal and throws three interceptions, then you, you it's an easier argument to make. But saying you didn't beat Tom Brady is hard 
But I know, regardless of me laying that out, that's still going to be the way it is seen. I don't love the argument, I guess is what I'm saying, but Finley's point is dead right because that might be exactly how it's perceived. You don't anticipate Mahomes-Brady gets run back again. Of course, maybe you didn't see it happening this year either. I said, you know, I thought Tampa would make the playoffs. Them making the Super Bowl, didn't really see that one coming from the beginning of the year. Even though I did think they were loaded, it just felt like with COVID and not being able to work together and all those new pieces, it wouldn't look good early. They would turn it on late, but would they have enough? Wouldn't it take a year? That's why I thought he would play two years, me and Tom. I've predicted already, I thought Tom would retire after two years and so would B.A., so would Bruce Arians, that this was a two-year arrangement. Not like that they explicitly said that, but that that's what it would end up being. And now you've heard Brady, yo, I can easily play past 45. And Joe Montana, coming out in an interview, it may have been Friday, it may have been Thursday, and basically encouraging Tom and telling him, yes, keep on playing. Keep on going. I regretted retiring from Kansas City when I did. I still had football left. I retired. Don't let that happen. But if Tom Brady wins seven, ladies and gentlemen, well, it's hard for me to say this, but if it were me, I would walk away. (laughs) But if I was Tom Brady, I have no idea if I'd walk away. But you have the chance, if you're Tom Brady, to end your story how you want. Very few people get to walk off into the sunset with a championship that they just won. John Elway did it. We've seen it happen a few times, but it generally doesn't. Generally, it's Jordan with the Wizards. Here, it's Brady with the Bucks, but he's in the Super Bowl. If he wins this game, good grief. That's his seventh. That's a great number, first of all. It's a great number to finish on. And then you just walk away. But we have talked about on this show a number of times since it began a few years ago. That we don't know what Tom Brady's going to do with his life after football. He loves his family and he spends time with his family. The interview with Howard Stern in the offseason where he said he didn't realize he had put so much into football that It was never Giselle's time to be able to enjoy her life in the same way and that it was time for him potentially to play father more often and to balance his life more and that therapy had kind of helped him with that and helped maybe save his marriage or at least make her happier in it. How much more football does she want him to play and how much more football does he really need to play? He doesn't need to play anymore. If they win, good grief. It's not should he walk away, it's can he. It's does he have it within him to walk away knowing maybe he could get eight. Remember the end of the last dance? What was the lasting memory from that documentary? At least one of the lasting memories. For me, it was Jordan lamenting the fact that they didn't run it back one more time. That they didn't bring Phil back. That the thing with Krause happened. And that that team ended up deteriorating away and pieces being shipped apart and then it was just done and he's like we could have come back and done it again and it was just like good grief he wasn't even happy with the number that he won because he thought he could have won one more was he ever happy but then you think about 
Well, if he wasn't the guy that's upset that they didn't win one more, he'd have never won three. And I've always kind of felt the same way about Brady. If Brady wasn't the guy who thought he could play until he was 65, then he probably wouldn't have won half the Super Bowls he's won. The other argument that I don't like about Tom Brady is the he's the luckiest quarterback of all time argument. You do realize that you can both be the luckiest and the greatest in the same sentence. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. The tuck rule, yeah, okay, we get it. Couple of bounces of the ball here and there, absolutely. Jesse James touchdown with the Steelers in that regular season game a few years ago, we'll, we'll never forget that. There have been moments where it's worked for Brady. And it has felt lucky, yes. But that shouldn't detract from the greatness. That comes across as... It just comes across as small, to go with that argument. If you want to say he's lucky, but he's also the GOAT, that's fine. If you want to argue for anybody else to be the GOAT, that argument goes away if he wins today and plays well. One of the Super Bowls that Tom Brady has, you can argue, eh, you know, that was won by the defense. That was a Rams Super Bowl, not the first one, but the one we saw a few years ago. Not the Kurt Warner one, but the one we saw a few years ago. Where the defense won it. Where Edelman, I think, was the MVP, and it was just because they had to find somebody to give it to. And he made one big-time catch in the game. But in a Super Bowl loss to the Eagles, Tom Brady had an awesome game. Just Foles had that magic that night. The Eagles had that magic and got it done. Brady in the second loss to the Giants, I think it was the second one, missed Welker. Like, Welker could have made the play but had to jump up for it. It just wasn't a good throw by Brady. Brady had a couple of opportunities in that game where it just didn't click. And it's not always going to click. But you think about the defense that was played, for example, by the Packers at the end of the first half in the NFC Championship game where where, uh, Scotty Miller got loose down the left side. People were calling that luck. It was bad defense. But you know what the best always do? They make you pay for your mistakes, for your lapses in judgment. For the most minute things that you do wrong, they maximize the opportunity that creates for them. Tom Brady has taken the luck that has come his way and he has maximized the opportunities that have emanated from it. And that's one of the largest reasons why we're watching the greatest of all time today. And it's why the the fascination surrounding Mahomes is there because when it came to Tiger and Jack, we knew who the guy was, right? But since that point, how many guys have we thought were going to be the next Tiger Woods who turned out to be flashes in the pan or turned out just not to have the stuff long-term 
to keep it going in the same way. I mean, the list is very, very long. One of those guys happens to be in the lead at the Waste Management Phoenix Open right now after shooting a 61 yesterday. That's Jordan Spieth. We thought Spieth might be that guy. We certainly thought Rory McIlroy might be that guy. There was a time when people thought maybe Sergio could be that guy. Maybe it was Justin Thomas. Maybe it was Adam Scott. There were a number of guys. And look, all of those dudes are talented. Jason Day. The list goes on and on. Now it's Kepka, And Kepka may be the closest. Dustin Johnson may be in that argument as well. But it's sustained longevity. It's sustained consistency. Sustained relevance. That is what is so fleeting in sports. And that's why the Mahomes thing is so fascinating because two years ago, within an eyelash of beating Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game, the game that went to overtime, Last year, getting it done, getting to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl because you made a couple of more plays than they did. And now here you are against Tom Brady again on the biggest stage, the stage that he owns, man. If anybody is Mr. February in the history of the National Football League, it's Tom Brady. And here is Mahomes trying to catch Jack or trying to catch Tiger if you want to even make it a newer example. That's why we're. That's why this matchup is so sexy, despite the fact that the hype hasn't been there. Let's get, let's get one more look at uh, what happened last night in the association and everywhere else from Fenley. What's up? Yeah, Ed, Jason, and by the way, you remember David Duvall used to Another, be part of that yeah. conversation that yes. could be the next Tiger Woods or yeah. at that level of play? The Lakers, guys, were lucky last night to to win against the bottom feeder one of them in the nba the pistons 135 to 129 in double overtime as detroit was resting blake griffin and the pistons now drop to five and 18 so that's where they are lebron james 33 points 11 assists and seven turnovers the mavs desecrate the warriors 134 132 luka Doncic firing up 42 points that matches a career high Steph Curry, in a losing effort, 57 points. He drilled 11 three balls. The Bucks cut up the Cavs, 124-99. Giannis Adentacumpo had a double-double, 24 points and 11 rebounds as Milwaukee improves to 15-8 on the season. The 76ers irritate the Nets, 124-108. Joel Embiid, 33 points for him. James Harden, 26 points. 10 assists and 8 rebounds. The only one of the big three in Brooklyn that was able to play in that contest. In college basketball, Oklahoma State with a marquee statement win over number 6 Texas, 75-67 to in double overtime. 11th ranked Tennessee whizzes by Kentucky, 82-71. USC gets the win against an undermanned number 21 UCLA squad, 66-48. to In the NFL, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers named MVP of the season, Offensive Player of the Year, going to Tennessee Titans running back Derrick Henry, Defensive Player of the Year, 
awarded to Rams D-tackle Aaron Donald. And as far as the 2021 NFL Hall of Fame class, it had Ryan Bershinger, it had Jason Martin, Chris Perfett, I mean, sorry, uh, Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, really, Calvin Chris? Johnson. Yeah, I know. I'm I know. surprised you actually said that, Finley. <laughs> I'm not trying to. Dis- I'm not saying anything disrespectful to Chris, but I feel like you would have taken a shot there. Of course, you didn't get out his full name before you realized, and then went to the actual guys. Well, you know, I wanted to throw out a compliment. It's something that's rare for me, and I was just very trying rare. To yes, very. You know, change things up. Change. You the are pace. the bringer of darkness. <laughs> yes. And with that. I'll try to find a, a comfortable way to segue, although I will send it back to our guy, Jason Martin. Yeah, Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Alan Fanica, just a lot of talented guys. John Lynch, really good class Hall of Famers. Welcome back, Farmers Insurance, Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS. You could save a whole lot of something on auto insurance. Guys, your gut feeling if Tom Brady wins, do you think he actually has it in him to walk away, or do you think he's coming back no matter what? I always look at the contract. I see another year on there, and I mean, I I think if he wins now, he might be more emboldened to come back again. He keeps saying he wants to play until 45. It seems like Tom Brady isn't going to walk away until he just suffers a it, – it's kind of like a boxer, right? Like, you have to – you have to kind of like get taken out on your shield or take one on the chin before you decide, yeah, now I'm going to walk away. So I, hmm. I, Tom Brady keeps talking like – he wants to play until he's 45 or 50. I look at that extra co- year on his contract with Tampa Bay, and I just think if he wins one, what's to stop him from thinking, hey, I could go for a second one here? Well, let's say, what if they, Burst, what if they go lose 47 to six and he has five interceptions today? Uh, even then, I, I think that might even motivate him even more to, to come back. He, he doesn't, the thing is, is that ability wise, he, he looks better this year than he did uh, in his last year with the Patriots. So I, I, I don't know. I think he's, he's got at least another two years in him, which is just feels so crazy to say. Good Lord, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think he's going to retire either. I, I keep saying, I think I would if I won because I want that Elway moment. But if you win seven, you probably also have the ego to think that you can win eight. And with Tom Brady, I mean, who's going to tell him he can't win eight? I know we all think it's Mahomes' league, but that's been the largest point of this show today is you just don't know from year to year what's going to happen. You don't know how the injuries are going to go. You certainly don't know now even what the health is going to go when it comes to like viruses and things of that nature. You have no idea what is to come, but if you're Tom Brady and you win seven, you might as well just continue to be arrogant enough to think you're going to win I had said two years was going to be the number. I'm going to stick to that. But every time I watch him play, I'm just like, gosh, is he is he going to outlive me? Like, my child might actually graduate college and be in the NFL because I've already got my child in the NFL, despite the fact we don't even know if it's a boy or a girl. We're not going to know until we get to the delivery room. But I've already got my child in the league. And I've already got my child playing against Tom Brady 20 years from right now, where somehow Tom Brady looks younger then than he looks now as he looks younger now than he did when he got into the league. And he has made a lot of money, and he has used that money in in ways that are going to keep him there. Whole lot of almonds, man. And I, I eat a lot of almonds, and I look better than I did five years ago. But I think there's a whole lot more to it. Um than just the almonds, 
But that's uh, yeah, that's the key to the TB12 method. That's one of them. I mean, Russell Wilson's got his water or whatever that nonsense is. Tom Brady's got his almonds, and he can't even read the back of the box to see total carbohydrates because if he sees the word, that's more carbs than he's had this year. We'll be right back. The four of us will predict Super Bowl 55 to finish up the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. Old school Nirvana finishing us up. Jason Martin Show on this Super Bowl Sunday. Brian, no Andy Furman, Fox Football Sunday. That's the final time you'll call it Fox Football Sunday for a while. Following us here, Ryan Bershinger, Chris Perfett, Brian Finley is your trifecta. They've been spinning the Dodge Radio style for me. I'm Jason Martin. You can find me on Twitter at jmartradio. Bucks, the first team to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Second time they've made it to the Super Bowl. Fifth time since 2000, a wild card has made it. This is the first Super Bowl ever to feature the top two passing offenses in the NFL per Elias Sports Bureau. Chiefs 303.4, Bucks 289.1, one and two in passing yards per game. But the matchup really to watch is who handles pressure better, meaning who handles the rush better. KC, 35.8% pressure generated on opponent passing plays this season. That's second best in the league. Brady ranked 27th in QBR under pressure. Other side, nobody was better under pressure than Patrick Mahomes. He had a 75.6 QBR when he faced pressure. But JPP, Shaq Barrett, were a terror for Aaron Rodgers. The pass rush dialed up by Todd Bowles has been dominant. You're missing both your tackles. And Patrick Mahomes is going to have to make some things happen outside the pocket, on the run, escaping, still getting the ball downfield. This game, if Mahomes wins this game, he can't do what he did last year. He's going to have to really play. This is, The reason why Kansas City is always going to be hard to pick against is because you feel like if they have to take it to another level, Patrick Mahomes is that next level. He's going to have to play that way against the Bucs defense, I do believe. But as we get to our predictions, the final time we'll be able to predict an NFL game until the fall, you've got a matchup that on paper looks just so good with so many small wrinkles in it that it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about next week on this show. So let us get to our predictions. Chris, we will lead off with you. So I... I don't want to pick this way. I want to root for Kansas City. I want to root for the Chiefs. I want to say in with the new. I like the new. I don't like this whole, uh, it's the old guys. You know, you have to be steady with them. I just look at what Tampa Bay can do. I, I look at what Tampa Bay can do against, uh, on the I, not, a, not against them, but on the ground. I think Tampa Bay, I've been looking at the advanced numbers, they've got – a decent enough running game, and Kansas City's run defense is not efficient at all. I think it's 31st DVOA. There's a chance they can run the ball, keep it on the ground, and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. So for that reason, I hate to say it, but I'm leaning Tampa Bay here. First, I I will take the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I know that they've got a banged-up offensive line. Uh, losing their tackles hurts a lot, and the Bucks have a very strong defensive line. 
but it's going to force Mahomes to continue to throw and throw often. They're going to rely on the passing game heavily, and it's really going to come down to what I think is is the better offense, and that is that of the Kansas City Chiefs. I'd, I'd rather take Mahomes right now over Brady. On straight out of Vegas earlier, I said Chiefs 35-25, but I forgot that I'm in a, a squares pool set up by Justin Cooper where I mm. have the the one for the Chiefs and the zero for the Bucks, which is a very nice spot to sit in. Uh, so 31-30, so that way I get some money as well, Kansas City. So, the winner in that square is going to get a vat of CBD oil? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Finley, what you got? So if I pick one team to win in this Fox Sports Radio show, I pick another one for the next show, then I'm going to come back uh, and look like a winner. Nope. It's like I'm adding to my probability. Guys, you are truly the worst. <laughs> you're, well, you know, my mom says that to me all the time. Yeah. Chris P. just said it to me in between the segments. But I will say that it's going to be the Chiefs winning this thing, and this is what's going to happen, guys. Mitch Trubisky is going to teleport onto the field in for Patrick Mahomes in the clutch and this win WrestleMania. the ball game. He <laughs> ain't got a money in the bank contract. And Gronkowski's Chris, the only one where it fits. And Chris P. will have endless nightmares because a man who he's thrown so much shade on is actually dazzling in the spotlight. And then you wake well, up. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, the company asked me to give my pick and a score a few days ago. So I've already done it. So I guess I've got to go. Kansas City 34, Tampa Bay 27. Again, Ryan Clark of ESPN told me last week when I asked him who was going to win, is Mahomes still alive? Mahomes is still alive. This is his league now, in my opinion. This will be the torch pass. Should be a great game. Enjoy it. We'll recap it next week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.